Cheers. Cheers. Welcome Cheers. to the What You Should Know podcast. Sean, what are you drinking? Oh my God. Big surprise this time. I'm drinking water because I'm running again in the morning tomorrow. What about you? A cup of blood. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm drinking cranberry juice today. Um, today's episode, we are going to cover how to get away with murder or... The devil made me do it. And so we're going to do something a little different this time. We want you guys to decide whether or not this is fact or fake. Um, Did you say fate? Faked. Like fake. Faked. As faked. not real. Okay. So we're going to cover the devil made me do it story, also known as the Conjuring 3 movie. But we're going to do the real life story versus the Conjuring story. Yeah. So it, it was really a court case that I, I don't remember when it happened. What was it? Like late 80s? One, I believe. Early 80s. Okay. Yep. All right. So let's get into this. So they, I think the movie actually like it's 2021. The movie came out, right? The movie just came out this year. Yeah. Very relevant. Yeah, um, totally relevant today. So yeah, I guess we should start with kind of where this whole thing began with the little boy, David, do you have his last name? David. Yeah, David. <laughs> David's all you got to know because he's not the main star of the court case. Arnie Johnson's our main star. Yes. So we could start with him. He was like, I think 16 when he started dating this girl who was like nine years older than him. And David, the little boy, is the girl's Debbie. younger brother. Yeah, Debbie's younger brother. Yeah. So uh, Arnie Johnson has been in a relationship with Debbie, and uh, basically weird things start happening. Well, to... they decide they're going to buy a house first. They, I didn't realize that they bought the house together. Oh, yeah. It was going to be like they were going to buy a house and uh, move in together. And this was in the summer of 1980. So that'll give you kind of a timeline on how quickly this stuff goes down. So okay. yeah, that's when Arnie and Debbie get the house. Uh, David was kind of like looking up to Arnie kind of from to the story. I got a lot of the information from like the Warrens and Arnie. So of course it's gonna paint them as sort of like a hero. Uh, Who did they paint as a hero? The Warrens and Arnie? Yeah. Okay. Which I you could you could definitely argue that Arnie is a hero. Yeah. At we'll the end, let, I, I think okay. we could. We'll let the listeners decide. We will let them decide and we'll share our thoughts too. So I I mean basically they move into this new place and David starts claiming that he's seeing things, particularly like a man that nobody else can see. Right? Yeah. He went up to the old master bedroom to, cause Debbie was like, you got to clean that. And when he's in there, uh, he says he sees an old man and that the old man pushed him and said like, get out or something like that, like leave. And, um, then they all check the house. Nothing was wrong. The older brother gets up there, sees that the door slams on him. And he's like, well, this is like weird. 
the mom says that she thinks the house feels dark and she doesn't want them living there. And after that, I think they just went home and they were like, yeah, like this is kind of creepy. And they all slept at Debbie's parents' house, I believe. Really? So yeah. what I had listened to um, actually said that the parents kind of wrote it off as like BS for a little while. So go ahead. Okay. So in the Warren's version of the story that night, David said the monster's coming to our house or the, the beast is what they started mm -hmm. to call him. So he, he was like, this beast is coming. So the old man that was the ghost in the house, he said, transformed into a monster at night. Oh my God. And it was called the beast. And this was something that was unusual. And he said like, he can see the beast whenever he closed his eyes. And that the beast was still talking to him and staying and saying, you can't move in, don't move in. Uh, and then the next day, Arnie felt like taps on his mm -hmm. body, like to like turn around and stuff. The old owner said that she actually left because of the old spots and an old man, which is kind of like signs of a haunted area. Is this all matching up with what you found so far? So we, what I had read and listened to didn't go into like this type of detail. They talked about how um, David described the, the man as kind of like taunting him um, and kind of just freaking him out on a regular basis. Uh, and he was afraid of him. Nobody else acknowledged at first that uh, David was seeing things. Uh, I mean, what I had saw was the parents basically said, like, look, like we checked um it might be creepy but like you're just making this up for whatever reason and then what kind of happened was david was starting to like really panic in situations where at times he was like freaking out and crying and everything because of things that uh he claimed he was being told by whatever the the man the beast was yeah. and eventually um he had a full picture that he could describe him as, which hid the description that I heard was huge black eyes, narrow face, kind of like part horse bottom. He had hooves uh, and big teeth. Yeah. And then the encounters were kind of picking up and becoming more and more scary to the point where, um, they actually saw marks on David's neck, like somebody was choking him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had something pretty similar. There's a little bit more detail with like one night when the beast attacked their house mm -hmm. and the mom. So in like the Warren's version, they never really said they didn't believe him because they said it was so weird for him to act this way to the mm -hmm. point where they would even like start blessing the house and they were throwing like holy water to protect the house. And then wow, it said that the beast, one that like the next day he closes his eyes he's like oh the beast is upstairs in our attic and at night arnie was mm -hmm. able to hear it and said that he went upstairs to check and didn't find anybody in the attic wow so was saying that arnie was one of the first people to hear something and check it out besides david what i saw was um so first when when it started getting worse too Originally, David claimed it was only at nighttime, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then the paranormal activity type stuff started happening during the daytime. Yeah. And this was kind of one of the starting things where they were like, maybe we should get out of here. And um, stuff that like specifically was happening to David during these like spikes and paranormal activity was he would have seizures, he would be hissing, and he'd be yelling in other languages that there's no way he would know (laughs) like what those languages are. Yeah, Yeah. like he would be screaming and stuff like that in like basically like very creepy and scary ways, Um, like he's possessed. But Mm -hmm. what I saw was Arnie um, basically tried to make the point uh, that he wasn't afraid of them and it almost got to like Arnie like offering himself up to protect David. So I I there were a couple like they they called the priest a few times in between then, right? You you heard about that. Yeah, so I, I heard that there were like I heard more about the priests in the court case because lawyers wanted them to testify. Oh, so this covered nothing on the court case. This was pretty really? much like all preemptive. And the court case was kind of like, it was like the last five minutes of the, the documentary that I'd watched. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. Um, there were, I mean, I, I didn't have a ton on it, but uh, both legal teams really wanted, there were six priests that yeah. they said were involved. And both of them really wanted all six of them to testify or at least one of them. Um, uh, so... Just, with the yep. Catholic Church, mm-hmm. when you want an exorcism, you have to actually put out for it, right? So all this crazy stuff it that you mentioned talking about was going on in the house. They contacted a priest, and the priest says it's gonna take a couple months uh, because, like, you gotta document everything. So uh, Debbie actually recorded things. So like he like Dave would be like, Oh, the beach just told me that like, we, we can't remove all the religious relics in the house. Or if, if we call the priest, like the, the thing will kill me. And that's when he saw the choke marks. Oh God. So they started doing like the recordings to try and get everything. Uh, and then at one point the beast stat, he said, he said he got stabbed by the beast and they have pictures of it where he actually has like claw marks on his body uh, that are like huge. Wow. Uh, and they were like, yep, that was done by the, the beast. At this point, the beast says, if you like, don't give up your soul, I'm going to bring like a legion, which is like the term for like a ton of demons uh, mm-hmm. in. And basically he brings 42 in for backup. According to the story, uh, they didn't have names. They just had numbers. And that's when the priest was like, we should probably call the Warrens. Wow. And so, yeah, go on who the Warrens are. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, you can finish first. Uh, well, no, because the rest is like Warren heavy. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, the Warrens were basically big time paranormal enthusiasts. Um, it's a couple who I, I think they're from New England area, too. Mm-hmm. And they're devoted Roman Catholics. And from what I read, they kind of 
fully believed that uh, because of their faith, they were protected. They believe that spirits visit um, people who aren't very religious mm-hmm. uh, because they they steer clear of any signs of religion, whether it be just like a cross or something in the house or people who are praying, they steer clear of that stuff. Uh, but also the wife claimed, and I don't know how serious the claims are, but she claimed to like kind of be like a communicator. Uh, yeah. term. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know what that was. But yeah, she claimed yeah. to be a communicator with whatever the spiritual world. Yeah, and she also said she could see like auras and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh and Ed Warren like was like acclaimed demonologist. Yeah. But and what was cool though is like it it was literally like a hobby where they like wanted to help people. Like they never accepted payment from people to do it. And they never turned away any story. So it was like, no matter how crazy things were, they were willing to come out. They were willing to do whatever they could to help you. And because they were genuinely interested and they wanted to help whoever the people were. And they believed anything because they were enthusiasts. So that brings me back to the Warrens. So they brought mm-hmm. in a doctor to interview the kid. Uh, also, when you are getting an extra or trying to apply for an exorcism with the Catholic Church, you need to get checked out by like a doctor and everything before it can be confirmed. The Warrens mm-hmm. brought in a doctor, and when they were there, Mrs. Warren said she could see like a dark spirit around uh, the boy, David. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, Yo, this is no joke. This is real. Uh, they're like, we need an exorcism. We need to do this like right away. Uh, and then uh, like the kid goes nuts, pulls a knife uh, on Alan, who I think was one of the brothers. The kid also then claims that Satan's inside of him. I don't know if you saw that. I did not. Yep. So according to the Warrens, this was the literal devil inside the boy and that's wow. why he had control over so many demons and that's why like 42 came because he was like i'm the head honcho we need yeah. to take this kid and he really wanted the soul so arnie would recite bible verses trying to stop david from doing things at one point david like legal like the warrens left and david like died for mm-hmm. like three minutes or something and they kept reciting the Bible verses, and then eventually David woke up. Wow. Like, they said he was, like, legit blue, and they were like, he was dead. And then the Warrens came back, and he was alive again. And then over the next few weeks, he kept being possessed. More of those things Sean was talking about. And Debbie's kept recording all of these. Um, one time that, like, the kid was going, like, absolutely berserk. And that's when I heard that Arnie says, like, stop bothering my little, the the little guy. Mm -hmm. I'll take you on. And immediately the Warrens are there and they're like, you cannot do this. Yeah. That is so dumb. You can't challenge a demon because they're going to like, they're going to take you in because you like, you just shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then right afterward, Arnie sees like a black mass for the first time. And this is the first time like everybody's like, he's, he's, he's seen it. 
Um, and also during one of the like final exorcisms with David, like the he's he David goes into like a deep voice and goes, David's not here, the soul is mine. And then mm -hmm. I think that's when they started another exorcism and it went on for like a whole night. Wow. And oh nope, they did two exorcisms, like try and do a full one. The first one they did on September 8th, which is Mary's birthday. Mm. Or that was the second one. And then afterward, everything seemed like it was normal, but then it really wasn't. And then it really was. And the Warrens came and they were like, Arnie, you're screwed. And then the the beast was gone after that. Okay. So one other detail that was mentioned in what I read yeah. was that David predicted correctly the events that we're going to describe later on. What? That was that was what I heard. Oh, they didn't I see okay, we'll leave our opinions. Um I don't know how true it is because I I didn't see it anywhere else, but there was a source that said that he predicted what we're about to talk about next. All right. So, November 1980. So, it's mm -hmm. literally been like 4 months, right? Yeah. It, it wasn't that far past. I don't have an exact timeline, but it, Debbie, it wasn't that far. Yeah, Debbie gets a new job, uh, which comes with an apartment. And her boss, Alan, who I think is the same name as her brother. But anyway, Alan is their landlord and uh, becomes their friend, right? Yeah. Now, it's February 16th, Sean, 1981. Mm -hmm. Do you want to take it away? Yeah. So I, this is this is basically, um, this is this is the start of the court case. So I want to say, up until this point in time, uh, sources had said that, including what's her name, Debbie, mm -hmm. that Arnie and Alan got along great. Yep. Uh, Debbie said that they never had any issues Best before. Friends. Yeah, they, they were good friends, no problems. Um, so I, I don't know exactly what led up to this, but I do know that while out kind of in the woods or whatever, Arnie stabs and the police say it was a violent argument, but Arnie stabs uh, Alan several times in the chest. And what was kind of important to note was that um, it was allegedly near a well in the forest that is right around where David started encountering whatever uh, spiritual thing, <laughs> Dina, demonic, whatever you want to call it, uh, presence. It was right near there. So in the Warren story. <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead. What's their story? Their story is a little different. Um, I'm sure it is different. It's it's funny hearing the difference. On the sixth, and I listened to a couple of their podcasts, and like pretty much all from like this this little part about the murder that we're going to talk about, everybody has it differently, which I think is crazy considering that this, yeah. this is the murder. Yeah. Uh, so Debbie calls the cops uh, to help Alan 
because he's been stabbed. So he was taken alive and found uh, when they found him. Debbie then says it's Alan and he's not like it's Arnie and he's not right. Like Arnie, Arnie did it and it's, and he's not right right now. So the cops find Arnie like two miles down the road, confused as heck. And he's like, I don't know if I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what ha- I, what's going on. Alan dies in the ambulance or when they, when he's in the hospital supposedly it was the same ambulance guy that finds him. I heard from the the Warren's version that it was a cop and the cop apparently didn't have a gun on him at the time, which was very stressful for the wife who was also in the, the documentary for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, during like the interviews with the cops, Arnie's like really confused. So that day Arnie decided not to go to work and he was drinking with Debbie and Alan, they were playing music together in the like apartment. And then Debbie says she wants to leave. Alan grabs her arm or potentially the little cousin's arm and pulls them. And then that's when Arnie like goes dead face apparently. And they were like, this is when you could tell it wasn't him. He pushes the guy, Alan. Alan gets ready to fight. And Debbie again says, his eyes went black. It wasn't him. Yeah. Arnie goes at him with the knife, runs off. They find the knife. Apparently when it it was dropped, it was glowing. Mm. And anyone that is saw david wasn't surprised that this was happening um and it says the devil hopped in arnie when he was angry the warrens go to the police and they say you have like you have to look into this and they actually spoke with the police officers that were there and they're like you need to know about what really happened uh basically the press then takes this story and goes absolutely nuts yeah because of course how the devil made this guy kill someone. Um, but also it said, and their, their like defense on why he was confused is because most people apparently don't recognize what's going on when they're possessed. Um, this, the, the lawyer said he was going to do a pro bono and that there were two other criminal cases out in Europe that had similar situations with demonic possession. Uh, and then during the first day of the court case, the lights were flickering on and off, which is a quote sign that there's ghosts or demons there. And um, jury members were having bad things happen to their family members. And then the, what, what they said was that the, the judge said, we're not doing like, you can't, you can't do demonic possession. So on the stand, the lawyer switched to self-defense and then Arnie was found not guilty of murder, but of manslaughter, which is supposed to be 10 to 20 years, but Arnie was out in five. Which, yeah, that that, that lines up with what I saw. Uh, there was a lot of extra, like, very, like, intimate details of the day that I didn't hear. But um, from what I did hear was that 
the lawyers wanted the priest who performed the exorcism to testify under oath. Uh, but basically they, they said that they treat it kind of like, um, kind of like medical information where it's personal and, and they refuse to do it. And I, I don't think the church wanted them to do it either. Um, and then basically what I thought was the craziest part too, after all this is after Arnie got out of prison, him and Debbie got married, had two kids and also note, he got let out early because of good behavior. They got married, two kids, normal life, normal job for Arnie. Still happy together. David hasn't been possessed since. Yes. That, that was like, from from the second I started looking into this, I was like, I need to know where they are today. And everything <laughs> was, was just like, they're back to normal, married, kids, you know? And it's just like, holy shit. Yeah. Do you have anything else on the trial? Because I literally had nothing on the trial. No, they, that's all I had. It, it was really just like, they wanted, I, I, I mean, the judge had said like, the judge had said, like, not that I don't believe what you're saying, mm -hmm. but in, in like a legal court standing, I need to be able to prove like without or any reasonable doubt or beyond reasonable doubt or whatever that what you're saying is true. And, and we can't get proof of that, you know? Yeah. So, but I, I, I don't know. This, this stuff scares me. <laughs> I, know I, I, I started watching the documentary literally less than 10 minutes in. I was like, I'm not going to sleep tonight if I watch this. Yeah. Um, hey, I, I think it's spooky stuff, dude. Really spooky. So I think now that the audience has gotten enough time, we'll, we'll give them, you know, a couple seconds. You guys should be thinking right now, guilty or not guilty. Sean. Let's hear your verdict, guilty or not guilty. Well, he he definitely murdered him. I mean, which is which is why it's it's hard because do you think the devil made him do it? It sounds like there was something going on, man. All right. I don't I don't think you can rule that out. That's so uh, the the amount of accounts and and stuff that so everybody you, was saying. You say there's a reasonable doubt. Uh, I, I think, I, I think their story is too crazy not to be a hundred percent fake. I think there's some truth in what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I also, I would have to go with that, that I do think his story is, is potentially very true. I think there's enough evidence that I'm questioning it. And I think if a jur like if a, uh, priest had gone on stand i would have said not guilty if it was allowed mm -hmm. all right now uh let's play devil's advocate for a minute <laughs> so here's my thoughts right okay we got a couple theories going on this one number one the whole thing is bullshit <laughs> oh my god in okay. 2007 uh, the brother Alan mm -hmm. said 
that uh like this is all nonsense that his brother was never possessed his brother had mental illness and he actually sued the warrens um what yep he said that this was all a publicity stunt for money this didn't happen my family just got left in the ruins he's like yeah my little brother was like he had like some learning disability and like he might have had some mental issues but like he was not possessed by a demon and if that were the case, he probably would still be possessed to this day, but he is not. So this is total bullshit. That's what he says. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that, that once I started doing research on this stuff, then I was like, maybe this guy is guilty. So that was my, my first point. Second point being that I also heard three to four to five different versions of the same story. The Warren's version of the story was very different than the version of the story that you kind of heard. Uh-huh. Um, and I heard a bunch of different stories. Like one of them was that he they were at like a restaurant beforehand drinking together, which Arnie called off sick, bro. Why are you going to a restaurant and drinking like it's like a fish? <laughs> so they apparently had 15 drinks between the two guys. What? Which is over a bottle of wine apiece. Um, yeah, I, I mean, a bottle of wine is like four glasses. Yeah. So yeah, like two bottles of wine ish a person. Yeah. And that's according to the waitress. And that again, this is from some other source that I heard, not from the Warren's documentary where yeah. Warren is the hero. Um, number two, this is a huge cash cow to throw the devil made me do it in court. So I saw that the Warren's never charged any money but they did sell the stories have you uh have you heard of the devil made me do it the conjuring three yes. because they made a shit ton of money off that they're dead though that's true but they did make a ton of money and it basically pushes their their like message out right in the 80s yeah when they were trying to be like demonic possession is real demonic possession is really important what better way to put it than put it on the grand stage where it's going to get a ton of publicity to saying in court, the devil made him do it. Mm -hmm. uh, the lawyer did the case pro bono, which I think is a flag because I think he did it because it built his brand, right? He yeah. Cause he's, he's definitely get a, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. That's, that's skeptical. And in both the uh, demonic possessions that happened in Europe, where they where they were in court, both of those people got less, like smaller sentences than they should have had. Neither, oh, wow. None of those were on murder. None of those were on murder, but their sentencing was shorter. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. Here's my like. This is my like kind of kind of shitty maybe theory about what happened. This one I'm not too proud of, but all right, Sean, February 16th is two days after what holiday? Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Maybe loose lips sink some ships, bro. Oh, my God. We are drinking 15 bottles of wine together. People are like 15 glasses. Mm -hmm. People are blacking out. We're going to go back to Allen's house. We're going to party a little bit. Maybe the boss is like, yo, like I took your girl out for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Like maybe he makes a joke or some sort of inappropriate comment, or maybe he says, we did something together, right? Mm -hmm. And then boom, 
like pretty much completely trashed. You murder this guy. Turns to his wife, his girlfriend that he's been dating for years. Goes, shit, what are we going to do? Well, I have that recording of you saying, yo, demon, come inside of me and quit bothering my brother. Let's just say we were possessed. Oh, my God. And let's run with it. Like, let's run with it. And because there was, again, this was one of those things that I heard it on some, I saw it, but I couldn't find it myself anywhere. Apparently the little like cousin or sister that was there at the time was like, you know how he gets when he's drunk. Said that, yeah. Mm. Yup. And that was that when I, when I was listening to it, like it was very cool to hear the different versions of the story. Cause you could tell certain people wanted you to believe a certain way. Yes, there was the second I started watching that documentary, I I knew a hundred percent what they wanted me to think. Yeah, exactly. They you knew they wanted you to side with the Warrens and yes, make this like a really big deal. It was uh, very clearly coming from the Warrens. So the last thing, and this is something that I definitely think could be a, just a whole episode mm-hmm. um, about the Warrens. And I found this out literally like half an hour ago. And I was like, I don't have enough time to do research on this. But uh, so I did the like the Warrens had like a, a huge way of making money on this. Right. This would be a huge thing for them. And when I typed in like Warren scandal, first thing that came up was Ed Warren was with a woman named Judith Penny. Mm-hmm. And they claimed that she was like their younger cousin that they had took in, but he had like a sexual relationship with this girl over like 40 years. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. This girl, Judith, is allegedly... Judith Penny. Yes. Yep. Debbie's sister or something or niece? No, no, no. She is just allegedly um, like the Warrens like keep like they like kept her in the house and she was like their like cousin is kind of what she told people but Ed had like a serious relationship with this girl so so what is, what does this have to do with everything else though it's just showing that maybe these people aren't as good as they seem I see okay so like if he's willing to do like kind of scummy things and apparently Lorraine was cool with it Mrs. Warren was totally cool with him having. Yeah, I, I get it though. Like it, it shows that morally something is not right going on with them. They're willing yeah. to, to do some shady things to begin with. So, so yeah, there's always like that. There's that huge question of like, if he's willing to cross the line, there is he telling the truth about anything? Um, but I don't know. I don't know where to leave everybody. That's that's all I have. But I don't know. Are they guilty or is he not guilty? I definitely think the boy David was possessed. I have no doubts on that one. Yeah, I, I that that was so scary hearing about that stuff. I I mean, hey, that's just crazy. And like the fact that so much crap happened to that kid mm-hmm. over like a three month period is wild. Absolutely wild. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Crazy, crazy story, though. Uh, Did he get away with murder, guys? 
The choice is yours. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Sean? I, I don't think so. I, I mean, that's that's what you should know about the devil made me do it. Do you want to tell our podcast fans? We could. We can give them a little teaser. We got we got something big coming for Halloween. We got a very very good special that's coming up. Not uh, we we don't need to name names off the top of our head right now, but there is gonna be our first ever interview. Mm-hmm. Stay guest, tuned. Guest star, everybody. Yeah. Speaking of, everybody follow us on Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, and YouTube. Apple Podcast, Spotify, like us, rate us, five stars, and leave a comment, email us at the WISK podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we are taking requests. That too. And we'd love to sponsor whatever product you have. True. Send it our way. Uh, we love helping out other businesses grow. So let us know if you if you're interested. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks. Oh, yeah. All right. Little bonus feature right here, guys. So you, you've you seen um, the, the Post Malone story about the museum that he visited in Vegas? Yeah, I, I think it was a couple years ago now. It's Zach Baggins Museum. Yeah. And he, like, like I've touched, like, a haunted box you've been there yeah i've been there did you see the box that he touched yeah so it's it's called the divot box and Mm -hmm. it is uh like a jewish demon like possessed it and basically like it is known to be like the most haunted like cabinet that ever existed Uh and it's so bad that they tell people like you can't touch it and when when you go into the museum they're like don't take pictures if anything and mm-hmm. when it comes to the divot box, don't touch the glass that it's in. Like, just don't. Yeah. Post Malone touched it. <laughs> and you, did you see what happened to him, though? No, what happened? So his private jet on the way home from the museum, he flew from Vegas back to Los Angeles. Uh, the private jet had to do, like, an emergency landing because there was something wrong with um, – one one of the tires or something or like like something serious is wrong where he was up in the air for like an hour and they had to do an emergency landing then he gets back to la and like one of his first car rides out he's in a, his rolls royce and somebody hits him and the car is totaled but he gets out of the car okay really and, and it was like it was like two potential like near death experiences within like the week that he got back after that. Jesus. You yeah. They say like, don't go near it. Cause bad stuff happens to anybody that touches it. Like yeah. I, I watched an episode of a different podcast and like they were talking about like anybody that's owned it has had like terrible stuff happen to them. And they've had like terrible dreams. Jeez. And it's like, they like don't want to own it. Like they're like, all right, give it to somebody else. And like, that's pretty much how it gets moved from place to place until Zach Baggins is like, this is so haunted. I want to buy it. Yeah. 
but yeah, man, that that stuff's crazy. Oh yeah, and there, I'm sure there's a ton more of like haunted relics and different things like that. I'm now that I'm in Boston, like I'm definitely going. Salem's like the top five or top ten most haunted places in the United States. You know, I I was thinking um, about this when I was doing this. All these stories kind of take place in the New England area. So it's like Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Like, yeah, I was listening to an interview with a Boston ghost hunter. And he said that New England is like the best place to be if you're a ghost hunter, because it's like the oldest part of America. Right. So the original colonies were all out here. And like a lot of the civil war battles happened out here. Uh, The revolutionary war battles all happened out here. So like that's, huge numbers of death early on in certain areas which i think is kind of crazy but i guess it makes sense yeah any other bonus content this week i don't think we have any other bonus content but that was good too. Right. just a nice little nice little add-on yeah there's there's a little something extra that's what you should know about some bonus post malone content that's what you should know about Posty. <laughs> yeah. Posty in the divot box. Yeah. Don't forget to like us, subscribe, follow us everywhere. Thanks again for watching. <laughs>